Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to West by Pod, a podcast about WVU sports, the Big 12 Conference, and chugging Red Bull. What you just heard was Jordan Pinto cracking a Red Bull. It was not a beer. I'm just kidding. It's a trust logger. Um, <laughs> So we got Jordan Pinto, I'm Joel Bracken, um, and we are coming with the the short week, I guess the long week, but into a short week, coming off the bye. Um, no West Virginia football last weekend, probably for the best, get on the mend. Uh, how was your, your weekend without the ears, Jordan? Uh, I just, I'm just trusting this climb so, so damn hard right now, uh, Joel. I was, um, so I was down in Charlotte with the family, um, spreading the good word about Real Deal Neal and the boys. Um, to anybody and everybody who would listen, you know, the best thing uh, right now, though, is that I'm not the only one trusting the client, buddy. There is a lot of blue and gold out. It's infectious. Um, it's infectious. Um, we fly. Do we represent pretty well in Charlotte uh, to anyways? And, you know, now that the team's four and one, like you're getting a lot of, you know, you're seeing a lot of blue and gold out. You're getting some let's goes. Um, one of the we, we went to a restaurant and, and one of the guys was like, who'd you guys play this weekend? You know, kind of just asking innocently. And I was like, oh, we were off. And he's like, are you serious? I've seen like 10 of you guys in here today. And I was like, hey, the squad, the squad's nice this year. We're, we're trusting, buddy. We trust that climb. So um, it was good. I actually I got to watch some of the other teams this weekend. So that was that was fun. Got to do a little Big 12 scouting. Um, yeah, there were lots of good games this weekend. So. Definitely good scout week. Good, uh, good. You know, no pressure. They're not. No game really matters too much. There aren't any like results we're looking for. It's still early. It's just learning about uh, what's going on. So, that's it. Um, yeah. So Mountaineers are coming off the bye week into a short week. You could call it kind of just two long weeks back to back. So playing on Thursday night against Houston. So no review to do this week. We're gonna do our Big Twelve recap to start. We'll do our Big Twelve precap which I think is actually an exciting week of games. And then uh, we will break down Houston. So, um, yeah, let's get it started. So, Big 12 recap. I mean, we'll, we'll start We'll start chronological order. Did you catch the game Friday night, Kansas State, Oklahoma State? 
Yeah, I did. Uh, Will Howard owes me a pretty significant sum of money for his performance. So yeah, I, yeah, I watched uh, pretty much the whole thing actually. Um, yeah. Tough I, day for him. Tough day for Howard. Tough day for Kansas State. Um, I don't. What's your takeaway here? I mean, is this like Oklahoma State riding the ship? I kind of, I, I kind of lean the other way, and it was like, man, Kansas State just played so fucking bad. Um, yeah, I was. I did not watch the entirety of this game. I was in Chicago, and I was in maybe two different sports bars with it on, and I was definitely keeping up. Um, and I feel like every time I looked up, well, Howard was just had his like head in his hands, like, why did I make that throw? Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, I do feel like. Um, maybe more of a Kansas state losing this one. I mean, Oklahoma yeah. state, you know, that's a tough place to play. Like you, and, and this is the cool thing about this conference is like places like Stillwater, uh, places like Ames, they're not fun places to play even when the team stinks. So, you know, that's just the reality of, uh, of, of the big 12. For sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I would say the thing that kind of surprised me from the Oklahoma state side, um, Bowman, Bowman looked better than, you know, I, I, probably would have expected him to that's really the first time i've watched like a full oklahoma state game um the other thing that jumped out is like when he gets the ball to his guys they still have dudes they still got Mm -hmm. dudes on the outside like they got big fast guys catching the ball um but yeah no i think overall um yeah just just way too many mistakes from howard i mean he he, you know he threw three of the worst picks that i've ever seen in my life and and one of them got taken to the house for a touchdown right before halftime Right. I mean, it's just the kind of stuff you can't do and win on the road in this league. So, um, yeah, that one before the half, that was, uh, I mean, that's, you know, like potentially a 10 point swing. I mean, at least a seven point swing. That's one where you're like, oh, let's just get into the half here. And what they were down 13, seven, I think at that point. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, I mean, that really just changes the dynamic of the game. One bad decision and just the timing of it almost feels like it compounds it, but, um, for sure. Yeah. So got the, got the weekend started off right. Um, and then, you know, moving into Saturday, I mean, I think probably the game of the year so far in the conference, I think it's easy to say, and it's gotta be up there in the, in the whole country was Red River, uh, Oklahoma, Texas. What a game. I mean, that was just, that was a fantastic college football game. It was back and forth. You probably thought a team was going to win it like three different times before it's all settled out. Um, and Oklahoma that I think was just like a five play drive going the distance of the field. I mean, very impressive. Um, both of these teams are really good. Yeah, no, I think it just came down. Ewers, Ewers made a couple more mistakes than than Dylan Gabriel. I think you kind of got the the best and worst of Ewers in this game, right? Where like some of the some of the plays he makes and some of the throws he makes, you're just like, holy shit. Um, and then there's other plays and throws that he makes where you're just like, holy shit, you know, kind of thing, right? Where, um, and one decision he made where the the fumble. I don't know if you saw the fumble play, but like. <laughs> He's going to scramble on like a third and 12 and about five steps into it realizes he's not going to get there and is yeah. getting teed up no by, about, <laughs> by the, right. And so he tries to lower his shoulder into three Oklahoma defenders and just gets absolutely blasted. Right. And Oklahoma yeah. picks up the ball. <laughs> it's, just like, it's like, yeah, you sure about that, bud? That wasn't, that wasn't the best decision, but um, yeah, no, like you said, dude, lots, lots of big plays both ways. Um, dude, how about like, Dylan Gabriel? Dylan Gabriel's very, he's a very good player. He's a very, very good player. Um, yeah, he looks like he is just in full control right now. Year two. Well, I guess year three for him with Jeff Levy. Um, but yeah, they look good. Um, yeah, I was curious. I know that, you know, you and I have both been a little cautious about, about saying Oklahoma's all the way back. 
um, just with the level of competition that they played. Now they have beaten those teams appropriately, right? They've beaten those teams the way you would expect a good team to beat those teams. Um, but yeah, this is one where it's just like, yeah, they're, I mean, they look good. The defense looked good. The defense was fast, physical, um, the offense, the passing game, especially like the running game. I don't know. The, the offensive line was good enough, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, Gabriel just made so many plays, feet, arms, everything. I mean, the guy was, guy played great. Yeah. That was maybe my biggest takeaway coming out of the game was just like, wow, Gabriel is, is all that. And he's clicking like, you know, yeah. th- there's something there. Um, you know, I think we, well, I, I think the media generally has sort of crowned, you know, Texas as like a very legit top five contender this year. Um, they beat Bama and that was like the validating thing. But I think we're several games in the season now and we know that Bama is not like top three Bama like they usually are. I mean, that's right. still a great, that's still an awesome win. Uh, but I don't know that that catapults Oklahoma or Texas, you know, with, by transitive, like that, you know, launches either of them into like, this is a top four team. All of that to say, both of these teams have super favorable schedules. Like the Big 12, um, there's a lot of winnable games out there. And either of these teams could come back. And, and, you know, the most likely scenario is that the two of them do meet again. You know, be a fantastic game. But, yeah, it's, uh, man, I don't know. Oklahoma, it's a big win. I, I genuinely did not think they had um, that, that good of a chance to win. Yeah, no, I was I was expecting Texas to win. Um, you know, the thing that Oklahoma about Oklahoma uh, winning, though, is West Virginia is fully in control of its own destiny right now. When's the last time we could say that in, in October? Second week of October. And it's all in our own hands, right? It's all in our own hands. Yeah. And uh, we don't play the game, so we can look as far ahead as we want to. And yeah, yeah the uh, the potential opportunity of what being like eight and one going into Norman against a potentially undefeated Oklahoma. That's way down the road. By the time we get there, that might not age well, but like it's right there and we're going to be favored in like pretty much every game leading up to that. Yeah. Um, so that's, yep. Hey, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's fun. So that's uh, fun part of being a fan, man. Exactly. Part of being a fan. Exactly. I can, I can count them off and say, we're going to beat Houston, Oklahoma state, UCF, BYU and uh, roll into Norman for a, a very consequential game. We'll see if we get there. Um, so the rankings came out today. Oklahoma jumped up to fifth. Texas, yeah. I think, went down to ninth. I think those are those are probably feels, fair. That feels fair. Yeah, that feels fair. Yeah. Um, so otherwise, around the league, Kansas, UCF, uh, Kansas, I mean, I think they went out to 24-point lead just going to halftime, 24 nothing. Um, did you, did you watch any of this one? I caught the highlights, but uh, I didn't. I wasn't watching live. So, uh, or sorry, I do know John Reese Plumley played briefly, right? Yeah, I think I texted you because he was out there for the first series, and then um, didn't even seem like anything happened. But like at one point, you know, it's just never what you want to see with your quarterback, right? He has like a uh, a massive, probably like a a ten pound brace on his knee, um, mm-hmm. whatever knee that he hurt. And they pan to the sideline and there's a guy over there who looks like he's working on a NASCAR. You know, he's just like cranking a wrench <laughs> on the side of this brace. And it's like, that can't be good. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. That was probably a little bit demoralizing for uh, for UCF. You know, you get your guy back and then within one series, he's right back out again. Um, I do. I think that McLean guy is a solid player. Um, but I don't know. Dude, Kansas just, you know just uh sun them a little bit like a little welcome to the big 12 you know it's not usually the kansas is dishing those kind of things out in football but they ran for 400 yards on them i don't know if he was like they just weren't even passing the ball 
Devin Neal's stat line was insane. Like his, he was like yeah. a buck sixty on like eleven carries or something. <laughs> Dude, they they went for three ninety nine. I think seven and a half yard average. So it's just like, yeah, just fucking carved them up. I I want. I think they gave their offensive coordinator a big raise. Kansas did, mm-hmm. but Jesus, man, their their offense is beautiful to watch. It is just yeah. like some twenty first century triple option bullshit, and I, and I I'm here for it. I love it. It's awesome. And and Bean was running the offense too, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Do we know anything about um, Daniels? I mean, he was the preseason offensive player of the year in the Big 12, and I, he has, has he like played in weeks now? Or I think this is the second one in a row, right? His back yeah. tightened up. Um, and yeah, no, I think that's that's kind of all they like. Didn't say that it was hurt, just like back tightness. Which gotcha. they're know, five and one. To, they're playing good, man. They're playing was, good. They lost their, their only lost to, was it Oklahoma or Texas? I think it was Oklahoma maybe two or three weeks ago, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're playing okay. they're playing good football. And I mean, that's pretty valid. And Kansas has been like, well, they were 5-0 and last year, but it was like a get ready 5-0. and Like they've actually like, you know, handled business so far. No, they um, look good. Yeah. So otherwise, we got Texas Tech uh, beat up on Baylor. Uh, not much to mention there, you know, Baylor coming back from the, you know, big shocker comeback against UCF, but really kind of laid flat. They were down a couple touchdowns at half and, and never really got their feet under them. Um, and then I think a pretty surprising game, but you know, an injury ridden game was the TCU Iowa state game. Uh, so Chandler Morris, he went out pretty early, right? Um, and Iowa state grinded it away um you know Rocco Beck they they, you look at the stat line it kind of looks like our kind of football game like quarterback threw for like 130 yards or something like that so Iowa State with a 13 point win over TCU uh yeah it was such it was such a weird one so like I had those two games on in the split screen like in the multi-view YouTube TV Mm multi-view and so like I'm not catching everything that's going on and like it was just so bizarre because every time that I looked uh, at the Iowa State game, it felt like Imani Bailey was going for like 15 yards, dude. And like he, you know, he ran for what, like a buck 60 on like 20 carries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's weird just because, you know, when you feel like your running backs having that kind of success, like it's really hard to lose a game by two touchdowns. Um, but yeah, Chandler Morris, Chandler Morris uh, needs to needs to saddle up with Will Howard and, and pony me up some 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 dough um, because they just man, I had Kansas State in just about every parlay this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. money line or otherwise and then i had tcu and texas tech a little west virginia rearview mirror parlay um because i expected <laughs> them to bounce back and yeah morris morris just ain't it and then yeah once the backup came in i want to say it wasn't early early i want to say it was like second quarter mm-hmm. um that morris actually got hurt but yeah I mean, man, this looks like that, a game that was that was turnovers because tcu yeah. outgained iowa state it was just four That's, turnovers to none that's what I was going to say. It was another one like that. Will like the thing you said about Will Howard, where it just felt like every time you look up, Iowa State's like picking another ball off or picking up a fumble or something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, TCU, some soul searching uh, to do, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, cool. So, I mean, you know, I think this week around the league, maybe the biggest shocker was that Kansas State loss. I mean, Red River was awesome. Um, yep. and then Iowa state, you know, with, when you lose your quarterback early in the game, it's always tough. Um, and that's, that's probably one. If you play that like 10 times, like Iowa state's only winning like two of those, three of yep. those the turnovers. But, um, 
as every guy, every floating head would tell you the keys of the game, it's turnovers. It's a really boring point, but it's really true. I mean, it's like the most predictive thing of uh, how a game is going to go. So got to do better TCU. So now we're moving in to this week in the Big 12, talking pre-cap. So this is a lot of teams, you know, fourth game now, uh, third or fourth game in the conference. So we're really getting like some shape in the uh, the hierarchy of the league this year. So West Virginia, Houston, that is a Thursday game. We'll, we'll take that one at the end. Um, that is Thursday at 7 p.m. Um, but I, I really think the this week is a week of close games. All the lines are tight. Um, so hopefully we have a lot of good football on Saturday. At noon, we have Iowa State at Cincy. Cincy is a five-point favorite here. Um, I, I don't know. I, that feels like a lot to me, especially after Iowa State You know, just comes off the TCU win. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think of that game? I, I think it's appropriate, man. Like you said, you know, the, the, like when you lose a turnover battle four to zero, there's not a, you, there has to be a very, very wide talent disparity to, to overcome something like that. Um, you know, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to, to, to replicate that every week. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think, uh, Cincinnati is certainly, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say they're better at running the ball. I feel like they're probably more committed to running the ball than than TCU. TCU is good at it, and like they want to do it, but it just felt like, um, like they're they're happy to go. They're happier to go away from it. Um, and I feel like Cincinnati might might stick with it a little bit more. Um, and then there's you know the Ames factor, right? This one's this one's in Cincy. It's not in Ames, so yeah. Um, five points feels, uh, feels fair. Like I would be I would be surprised if Iowa State went in there and won. Yeah. Yeah, still, uh, so what? I think last week we, we still didn't have any new teams win. Yeah, that's right. So, um, since he's still looking for their first win in conference, Houston's still looking for their first win. UCF's still looking for their first win. Um, so, you know. BYU got, BYU got somebody. They, uh, they didn't play. They got Cincy. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, okay. by default, there's, there's one. There's uh, one. No, <laughs> no, yeah, no, no incumbent team has been, uh, been beat yet by a new team. So, Iowa State, since he at noon at three thirty spot, we got Kansas at Oklahoma State. Kansas is twenty third, I believe, in the rankings. So mm-hmm. um, you know they're they're sitting there, ranked three and a half point favorites in Stillwater, a three thirty game. So that's two thirty local. Um, yeah, maybe you get some some a little energy coming out of Stillwater after that win this week. Um, but Kansas three and a half point favorites, I, and I think that is. Uh, I think Kansas is probably going to win by more than that. I, I, I might lean Kansas here. Yeah. No, well, I, I certainly hope so. I don't want the last thing I want is for uh, Oklahoma state to, to get a little momentum going before they come into Morgantown. So it'd be nice if, if Kansas could just uh, do the, do the honors, knock them back down a peg or two so that they're licking, licking wounds tail between the legs coming in for homecoming uh, the following Saturday. But mm-hmm. I think I tend to agree. I like Kansas team better than, than Oklahoma state. Yeah. Um, all right, other 3.30 slot, we got BYU at TCU. TCU is a five-point favorite. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Chandler Morris, it sounded like that was a pretty serious, like, MCL maybe. Um, he might be might be done or for a long time out. Um, I don't know about this one. I uh, In Fort Worth, um, I don't know. I, I, I might stay away from this one, a five-point fav- five favorite TCU. Yeah, I haven't watched enough of BYU. Um, I don't. Um, 
I don't know. I'm kind of surprised by that line, to be honest, uh, with the way TCU's looked the last two weeks. Um, and especially, like you said, if Chandler Morris is, is hurt and not playing, like the backup, uh, you know, the backup didn't didn't look all that spectacular. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe a stay away. Um, would not be surprised if BYU won that game. Um, but maybe TCU do for a little bounce back. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you feel like something's got to bounce TCU's way soon. Um, and then the last game on Saturday, Kansas State at Texas Tech. Um, 7 o'clock in Lubbock, I guess 6 local. Texas Tech is a one-point favorite. At least that's what it opened up as. Uh, and Texas Tech has kind of gotten their uh, their legs back underneath them after you know a pretty disappointing loss, I think, for them. And at West Virginia, they took care of business against Houston and then took care of business against Baylor. Um, so they're back to 3-3, three and 1-1 three, one and one in conference. Uh, or sorry. Yeah, three and three, two and one in conference, and then K State uh, coming off probably a disappointing loss for them last week. Um, I could see this line moving. I could see there being a lot of action on this either side. I mean, it's basically a pick 'em. Um, yeah, this is a this is a tough one to call as well. I might lean more Kansas State than Texas Tech. I think that turnover sort of talk. Um, you feel like Kansas State is probably the better team, at least from what we've seen, and you know Texas Tech without their starter Shuck. The, the only thing, man, Morton, Morton looked good. Um, and it, and it feels like the last, uh, really since, since the second half of our game, man, they've been giving the ball to Boyd or Bro- uh, Brooks. I did the same thing. T- uh, Taj yep. Brooks. Taj Brooks. Um, and I saw, you know, he's up, uh, you know, like 115, 120 yards a game, getting 20 carries a game now. So, um, it feels like they're starting to lean on him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, uh, what's, what is Kansas state? Um, against the run here. I don't think that they've been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second here. Hold on a second here. Oh, no, no, never mind. They're the first, they're the best team in the conference in run defense. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, maybe a little good on good matchup there. Um, yeah, no, you know, now that I've looked at that, Will Howard, Will Howard just doesn't throw three of the worst picks of his life. And then, yeah, I'm <laughs> sure that they're, they're going to be able to hang around and, um, and, and you know, at least make that a good game. That's a that's a nice prime time game. I'm gonna hopefully watch that. Uh, or well, no, shoot, we don't play this weekend. So yep, yeah, exactly. We'll get get some stress free uh, Saturday football once again. Yep. Um, and uh, Texas OU are off this week. Yep. So all right, well, let's talk the West Virginia game. West Virginia at Houston. Um, I don't think there's any way around it. You know, it, this is the Dana Holgerson bowl, whatever you want to call it. Um, so Dana Geddon, does Dana, Dana Geddon sound okay? <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to workshop the, yeah. the actual rivalry or get a trophy involved. It is, I think a little diluted that it's in Houston because I don't think they care where their coach came from. Whereas if it was in Morgantown, like, Hey, we know that guy. Um, so I think that it takes a little of the, uh, the bite out of it, but um, I saw a little soundbite of him today talking about it. He's like, oh, you know, that's just fan stuff. You know, he's like, I've done this lots of times, played teams I used to coach for. He's like, I just turn my phone off and don't care. And that's probably true. I feel like Dana doesn't care about a lot of things. So um. <laughs> that's so, uh, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, a lot of people say that's kind of kind mm-hmm. of everybody's problem with them here. It sounds like yeah. people have the same kind of problem with him in Houston. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's an interesting matchup because there is like such that fan, 
you know, thing around this, this coaching, this, this playing, this guy who kind of, you know, had some words to say after he left that definitely, I think rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, but when you look at our roster, there's like one guy who was under Dana, I think. Um, yeah, Ruffin. Yeah. So it's like, there's, there's nobody left who has a connection to this guy. So it's similar vibe and, and not even to the same extent as like the backyard brawl where it's just like, Hey, none of you guys have ever played in this game when it got renewed. None of you guys on this, you know, roster, no one's been here. The staff hasn't been, this is what it's about. And I feel like this is a similar thing, uh, just to a lesser extent, because, you know, it's just a coach. It's just a guy who, uh, none of, almost none of these guys have, have been underneath. So, you know, Houston this year, they were coming into the, the season. They were picked 12th, um, reminder, West Virginia was picked 14th, um, and, uh, you know, Dana had his words when he left Morgantown about how he doesn't think you can assemble a roster that could win the Big 12 or he couldn't do that there, um, which I just thought was always an odd comment because it's like, and you think you could at Houston? Like, I get that there's like a Texas hotbed there, like of recruiting, but um, I feel like he, he the sentence trailed off and it was like, but you think you can do that at Houston? So, well, here's your shot, you know, welcome to the Big 12. Um, well, they're 0-2 in conference and... Uh, if you look at their schedule, man, it's it's gross. I mean, uh, I'll let you take your pick. What do you think their most um, impressive win is? Do you think it was Sam Houston, uh, or do you think it was the the field goal they beat UTSA by? Because uh, that, that that those are your picks, and neither of those teams are any good this year. They both are. I don't think Sam Houston's won a game yet, and UTSA is like two and three, two and four. Yeah, I think Sam Houston has the worst offense in the country um, by <laughs> by a lot of the metrics that you'll look at. So you know the fact that they hold them to seven points, you know pat yourself on the back there um they, i don't even know who their defensive coordinator is but um yeah no i mean in, in the, i don't know the the utsa game didn't uh what frank harris threw like three picks on three straight possessions in the second half and mm. that's that's like how they won that game yeah so you know um and then yeah they've you know and i think i mean the 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 simplest thing right it's not transitive pilot. We, we have two data points in common right we beat texas tech by seven they lost to them by 20 21 21 and we beat tcu by three they lost to them by 23 is that right yep 20 36 13 yep 36 13 right so you know i mean that's the easiest way to to compare the two teams in in my opinion um I think, you know, we were kind of talking before this, like Houston has very much been who, who we kind of had them pegged as, mm-hmm. um, in the, uh, in the off season deep dive. Right. You know, um, you know, knock on wood, the, the, the 14th thing for us has, has been as far off as we had hoped it would be. But I mean, Houston hasn't looked like anything better than the 12th best team in the conference so far. I don't think. No, they haven't. And you know, I, I watched the, the Texas tech game, um, that against Houston, I watched the um, condensed version. So you know, just ripping through all the plays, and you know, it looks like a it looks like a Dana coach team. They want to put four wide, five wide a lot of the time, um, and there there is that like potency where it's like there's enough offensive creativity and enough dudes who like they're going to probably like you know find a way to score a handful of times. You know that that is something that they have that like spark potential that it's like, Oh yeah. Like they could definitely have like three or four, like pretty explosive plays that lead to touchdowns. Um, their defense is just God awful. And I hope that is something that we can exploit because this might be the worst defense we play, uh, for the rest of the year. It's, it's in the conversation at least. Um, yeah. 
And and that's where it's like, hey, we got to come in. And, you know, I mean, I think, you know, Texas Tech, they, they put up 49. They were slinging the ball all over. Then they're pounding the rock. I mean, they were doing it in all sorts of ways. It wasn't like you have to pass on this defense. And I think you mentioned it, but um, Brooks there in the second half, I mean, they were giving him and he was just gashing them left and right. Uh, so that that is something I think does lead towards our, our, our favor is that, you know, there have been teams that have had a lot of success running against them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems teams have kind of just had their way, right? Like, I think I saw they're what, like 110th or something like that in effective rush for beta rank defense, um, like 99th effective pass, right? So it's not it's not like, you know, people are running because they can't throw or vice versa. Um, it seems like whatever people want to do is 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 there and it's available for them. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I... <laughs> I, you know, I think, so I, I did a little bit of message board lurking. I think something that really weighs heavily in our favor is, is if we're able to control the ball the way that we have, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're one of the best teams in country in, in, in terms of time of possession. And that's both because we do a good job staying on schedule and generally kind of grinding, grinding the clock, um, and at least winning the field position battle. Um, but also we, you know, we just lean on teams, right. And, and, and the vibes, uh, from their message board is that like, yeah, we, it's very much like what you would expect for the first year from a step up from a G5 to a P5 is that mm-hmm. we're competitive for a quarter, two quarters, and then we get tired and the lack of depth shows. And like you said, Brooks Brooks goes nuts on them in the second half. So hopefully that's something we see this week, right? Like hopefully we're just able to pound them, pound them, pound them. And then, you know, some of those three, four, five yard games start becoming nine, 10, 11 yard gains uh, this, as the game wears on. Definitely. This could be a second a CJ Donaldson second half, hundred yard half, like sort of game. Like that that is the recipe almost of where this could go. Um and just for comparison, so tech, when they played against us, they averaged four point two a rush. Um when they played Houston, they averaged six point five a rush. I mean, they were just and it was uh, I mean, like I said, from what I was watching, a lot of it was coming in the second half. Um, they were just pounding it. Um Houston also defense is this is just raw. Um Raw stat here: the third and fourth down success rate. Defense is one of the worst in the country. They're like a hundred and sixth. Um, so you know, keeping it, I meaning just you know, keeping it like third and manageable. Seems like teams are able to pick it up. Points per echo, which is just like a way of you know, how is their like red zone or like good drive efficiency? Defense hundred and ninth. Their offense also is really bad at points per echo. They're one hundred. <laughs> so they're but but like in a way that that kind of scares me. It's just like they're not converting the big opportunities. And I will say, when I watched the Texas Tech game, they lost by three scores. They had a punt blocked for a touchdown, and Texas Tech returned a kickoff for a touchdown. And Houston outgained Texas Tech by almost 100 yards in that game. So, like, there was some, like, weird stuff going on that it was, like, Texas Tech and Houston, it was a lot of firepower. I'm just, you know, hoping that what you mentioned, that we can sort of, like, as we have the last few games, drag them down in the mud. This is how the game is going to be played. Slow the game down. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's our recipe for success. I like it. So should we get into, um, what do you want to start with their, start with their offense? Take a closer look at some of those dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start, start with the offense. Um, what do you, what do you think about Donovan Smith? I mean, we've seen him before in a, in a different uniform. Um, I think he's a good player. He, uh, yeah, he's dangerous. Guy and, yeah. He, he, he's got the tools. Yeah, he's a dangerous guy. Um, you know, I think he, yeah, he's played. He's played against us. He's played well against us. Um, 
He runs hot and cold. Uh, you know, I'd like, I think if you look, so his completion percentages for this year, um, 65 season opener, 57, 47, 78, 71, right? So it's not like, you know, it's a little bit of, a little bit of high variance. Um, you know, I think that he's an okay contributor in the design run game. The, 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 the place that where, so the two things that jump out to me, um, awesome scrambler. Um, very effective scrambler. I think he scrambled 16 times this year. Eight of them have been first downs. Um, I think overall, actually he leads the big 12, um, you know, among quarterbacks and first down, he's, he's picked up 18 first downs running, running the ball. So, um, you know, not, not overly explosive, but definitely a very effective runner, especially, uh, when scrambling. So definitely something we need to keep an eye on. Um, and then I guess kind of related to that is when you get pressure on him, he, he falls off a cliff. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, when he – I think he's been pressured on like 30% of his dropbacks this year. So not a ton. Um, not a ton. I, you know, I think the ball generally comes out pretty quick. Um, but grades drop from passing grade – or sorry, offensive grade of 85 drops to 40 when he's pressured. Completion percentage drops from 71 to 40. And yards per attempt drops from 7.6 to 4.7. So, I, you know, I think um, – Kind of the success, or sorry, uh, the recipe that we've kind of had uh, for for the last month or so of you know win early downs, get them get them into um, you know situations when we can feel pretty good about playing the percentage of uh, we think they're going to pass, go get them, yeah. um, and then get, get the pressure home. Right, we've we've been really good at that for the last month or so. So I think it's going to be crucial again this week. Um, if we can do that, you know, I think he's he's manageable. You know, he's not going to win the game by himself, but if we just let him sit there and, and pick us apart and then let him get going with the legs yeah, and get some cheap first downs on like a third and nine and he gets 11 yards, um, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be shitty. Yeah. You know, who? Th- this is not a skill comparison, but just a style comparison. The quarterback he reminds me of is like a Cam Newton, like really big, tall guy, not afraid to run. They design runs where he is like going to make contact. Like they're not like, let's get you out in space. It's like, we're running power. We're pulling a guard and like going. They do that. Him and carries. Yeah. And, and he can get out of the pocket and throw the, like he can throw the ball deep pretty well. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's uh he's definitely a weapon and you know, he can, he's one of those quarterbacks that can burn you when he's on a, on a good day. So that's a, um, yeah, I, I think that's the key. Yeah. If we can keep him from getting hot, we have a really good chance. If he gets hot, it's going to, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to win. Yeah um moving to their their running running game they really have a lot of guys that they use um they actually have five guys who've had at least 18 carries this year um you know donovan smith's right up there um in a lot of getting a lot of carries he's averaging 5.1 a carry but uh, tony mathis is in the mix not as much as maybe we thought preseason uh parker jenkins stacy sneed all guys uh they're all kind of coming in in the same averages between like 4.8 to 5.4 so around five a carry um they got a lot of guys and then equally in the receiving game they have like two or three guys that are just getting the the bulk of the the work so um i like this guy joseph manjack the fourth he is a uh <laughs> he, he, he he feels to me like he uh he's like your your sneaky slot receiver um, and just some of the stuff I watch, he seems like he's just like in the right place at the right time. He's one of those guys who like really gets on your nerves. You're like, why is nobody guarding this guy? He's just always right there. 
Um, but they got dudes. I mean, they got weapons. Um, nobody jumps off the page, maybe Samuel Brown, but um, they got enough guys. That they're, <laughs> they're putting up a lot of offensive production, like more than we are, and they're just not stopping anybody. Yeah, I think uh, I would – I mean, if Sam Brown wanted to come back tomorrow, I would take him. Um, I was always sad that he kind of he was he's kind of the one that got away um, for me there in the early in the Neil Brown era. But, yeah, he's been he's been good under Dana. Um, he was their second leading receiver last year. He's the leading target guy this year um, and a leading catch guy, leading yard guy. Um, but, yeah, they have they have these three guys. So Manjack has 34 targets. Matthew Golden has 44. Um, Brown has 46. Um, and then only a couple other guys have have even 10. And it looks like one of them's a running back. Stacy Snead gets some carries, but yeah, like you said, man, Man Jack is is in the slot a lot. Um, they're completing seventy four percent of their passes to him, so it's high efficiency play. Only like eleven point seven per per catch, so um, nothing overly explosive there. Um, but yeah, he's a guy who gets open. Um, Sam Brown was always kind of like that, like a you know a smooth operator. Uh, it felt like uh, to me, so. I, I would take any of these guys on our team if they wanted to come come join the old Golden Blue. Um, yeah. Just come home on the plane with us after we beat them on Thursday. Yeah, they don't use the tight end spot a lot, um, but also Michael Laughlin might be familiar. Uh, he's also uh, down there in Houston now. So a couple couple former Mountaineers on the offense um, to look out for. Isn't there? There's one other guy. I feel like I think there were. Is there four players? I feel like from former WVU players. I feel like I'm forgetting another guy, but, um, so Brown, O'Laughlin, Mathis. I feel like there was, um, another I think that one of their safeties might be, okay. I don't even know if he plays, but gotcha. hold on, hold on. Hmm. Oh, Noah Guzman. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Noah yeah, I, thought I, I thought I read that somewhere that there were four. Um, yep. so moving to their offensive line, it's one of the weirdest offensive lines I've ever seen in terms of like PFF grades, because there's like four dudes who are like, I would say maybe a touch below average. And then there's one dude who is lighting it up. Patrick Paul, um, the tackle, he's like 84.6. He's a 94.8 pass block grade, which is like off the charts. Everybody else on the offense is like sitting in the the fifties or sixties. Um, so, and the run block grades have not been fantastic. Um, not, not really good at all. No, I think if you look at the, uh, if you look at the, the cumulative, uh, pass block grade, it's kind of like in the middle of the road, big 12, I want to say somewhere in like the six, seven, eight range. Um, but yeah, the run block grade is down like 11 or 12. Um, I think generally, I mean, the way that our defensive line has played this year, this is one where we, we should expect to control, uh, the line of scrimmage, um, mm-hmm. you know, pretty, pretty comfortably. Um, I don't know. I, like I would be disappointed if we're if we're getting pushed off the line in this one. Yeah. Just just like looking at these guys, looking at the way that they've played um, throughout the year, you know, I think this is one where, where our front our front six, front seven should should be able to control everything that's going on up there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and they really just play four guys. Um, though I looked at comparison for our team because I feel like Jaquay Hubbard gets in there a lot, but I mean, it kind of looks like the similar distribution. Really, just just the five guys on the line. They don't really cycle any extra guys in. Um, you know, all, and I think this is a, this is definitely a, um, a serviceable offense. Like they, they can make things happen. There is the wrinkle of the, the Dana Holgerson offense. I mean, like they're going to find ways to get guys open. There's motion. They're going to spread you out. Like we've seen it before. Um, and that's something that, uh, we're definitely gonna have to be on top of, but I agree. I think just get, 
getting pressure. I think we should be able to stop the run versus these guys. Get them in those passing downs and, and generating pressure, I think, is going to be our best bet. Co-signed. Let's do yeah. the defense. All right. Um, the defense is not good. Um, so we said this coming into the preseason that this was, I think I have it somewhere here. They were uh, one of the worst defenses in the country last year. Yeah, they were 100th in effective defense last year. This is beta rank. And they returned, their returning production was 117th in the country on defense. So it was like bad and nobody was even coming back. So kind of a, just a big question mark. Um, but so far with the data we have, I mean, you know, they're, they're really kind of getting pushed around. Um, if, you, if you like beta rank, they are 107th in beta rank defense. The next worst defense that we've played is Pittsburgh, who was 66th. So um, they're, they're a good jump worse than anybody we have played, uh, at least by some of these metrics. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, nothing really jumps off the page to me that it's like, I don't know. Like, who are the guys? I, that, I'm just. <laughs> That's the first note that I had written down is like, what would you even say the strength of like, I mean, I think I get is like, is it the defensive line? Maybe like, in, like if there has to be a strength, like what is the least bad part of this defense? Oh man, that's that's a, maybe the maybe against the rush. Um, I don't know, actually, n- not really. I, I mean, I'm just like looking through different EPA stats. Um, like I said, they're oh, really bad on third, fourth down. Really bad in equal situations. Uh, pretty bad on first and second down. Pretty like I, it's <laughs> pretty bad versus the pass and run. Like it's it's nothing's really like coming out to me that where, where this defense is is coming yeah. from. So. No, I think I mean so I, I had I had like four names written down. Um, so Nelson Caesar um, and and Anthony Holmes is it Anthony or Antonio? Anthony Holmes um, up front. So Caesar's an edge and Holmes is an interior guy, and it seems like they're they're the top two pressures, top two guys by pressure. Caesar has sixteen pressures. Um, it's pretty good through five games. It's not bad. Um, Anthony Holmes has 12, which is really good from, from being in the interior of the line. Um, and so, you know, I had them written down, but then like the rest of the defensive line is, you know, there's nothing, nothing really like nothing jumps out. There's like, there's guys who are grading out average, but like nothing jumps out in terms of like, holy shit, this guy has like 25 pressures or this guy has 10 sacks. Like, um, and then, you know, the linebackers are awful. The linebackers are just really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if I'm here, let me, let me filter these PFF grades real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the three starting linebackers, the highest graded dude is a, is a 58, and then there's another 58, and then there's a 56. Um, actually, the best graded linebacker is a guy named Traylon Payne, but he's only played 57 snaps so far this year. So, um, but yeah, these dudes, I mean, they, they, they don't rush the passer. Um, I think they have the the three guys who play a lot have five pressures combined through five games. Um, productive, like they're they're getting tackles, but you know they're missing a lot of tackles, and then coverage is just awful. Like you know, one of these dudes is allowing seventy five percent completions. Malik Robinson has been targeted eleven times, eleven completions for one hundred and thirty six <laughs> yards and a touchdown. Oh, um, and he's and their then, third third highest snap guy. Yeah, and then Tremarcus Cheeks. <laughs> which I mean, you know, quality name, but he's, he's allowed five completions on six targets. So like these guys, like I just, they're not, they, they don't seem, I mean, you know, they're out there for sure. Mm-hmm. They're definitely out there, but uh, that, that doesn't seem like they're doing much. Yeah. Um, just comparing across the conference, they're, 
bottom four in tackling um, and then run blocking. Oh, they're, I guess they're about average in run blocking. Um, those were like their two heavily, uh, heavy dark colors there. Uh, I mean, I think just simply put, like, I look at this Texas Tech game. We know what this team is like. We watched them play. Texas Tech had 200 yard rushers on Houston. And I think that is the, that is like, we need to have 200 yard rushers. Uh, maybe, maybe like a, a nice 250 if you, you throw some Garrett Green, you throw some CJ, CJ hey, White. Let's, let's get 22 out there. Yeah. 22, 22 profiles a little bit like Taj Brooks, huh? Mm-hmm. Let's get, let's get 22 out there. Yeah. And dude, you know what I was thinking? The thing that's exciting thinking about this defense, um, this is the first week where we have gone, or sorry, first time that we've gone two consecutive weeks, or we've had a, what the hell am I trying to say? It's the first time we've had a quarterback with a full week of preparation, like knowing he was going to be the starter, right? Since yep. the Duquesne game, um, yep. right? Like Garrett gets hurt. Nico has to go in against Pitt. Um, I guess Nico knew he was probably going to start against Texas Tech, but he's still the backup quarterback. Then we think Nico's going to start all week against TCU. Garrett ends up starting. Now we've got 10 days finally, um, you know, where we know Garrett's the guy, Garrett's healthy, and and it, it's going to be what it is. Um, I mean, I you know, I've seen the 24-7 guys kind of talk about this a lot over the last week, um, last 10 days. Uh, but, like, we are what we are. We know what we're going to be. But, like, you know, it, it feels like there's another level for this offense to get to. And, like... This is as good a time as any, right, to say, oh, look what Garrett Green can do against like a, you know, not a real defense, yep. but, but like against a, <laughs> a, a conference opponent, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward. I, I hope that, uh, you know, we are we are what we are, but I'd like to see some some new wrinkles of, of like, just like some evidence that Neil Brown is like thinking about things in a fun way. Exactly. Like this would be a cool week to see it. Yeah. No, exactly. I uh, I totally agree. Hopefully, um, yeah. If we if we start seeing some like wrinkles of like a, a good passing game versus Houston, like I'm gonna yeah. lose it because it's like, wow, can we be somewhat of a balanced offense or at least you know, like we've always just said an, enough of a threat to be respected. Um, do you have any concern going on the road night game in Houston? Looking at their stadium, it's a forty thousand seat capacity. It is called the TDECU Stadium, which stands for the Texas Dow Employees Credit Union. So that's intimidating. Um, the, any <laughs> any worries in? Uh, I mean, you know, the, I think the win on the road at TCU was huge for me because it was like, okay, well, let's get out of home and see see what we're what we're working with. But um, you know, much about the Houston fan base, I, I really don't. I saw they're going for a blackout this week, so they're just really throwing out all the stops. And TCU um, did too. Yeah, we're 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 one and zero against blackouts so far this year. So, um, I don't I don't think so. Um, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't think so. I yeah. you know I don't know. It's dude. It's just this is it's a weird one, right? Where how do we handle success? Like we're four and one now. Um, yeah. We've had ten days to think about being four and one. We've now had three days to think about. We're favored we, we, for once. We're favored. We will have had what six, four, five days to think about being sole possession of second place in the conference. Um, and so, like, does that go to our heads? Like, it really shouldn't, because you know, um, I saw a hilarious clip from Mike McDaniel this weekend where 
somebody asked him is like you you uh, the dolphins have now uh produced the most yards through five games of any team in nfl history like how does that feel and he's like well uh that's uh that was what we set out to do this off season is uh yardage output after week five so <laughs> you know right <laughs> like we're four and one like that's cool yeah. but like you can't let four and one go to your head like win fucking 10 games first right so um it's the eternal motivation is every team you play the rest of the way out was picked ahead of you houston was picked ahead of you yeah they, they, you exactly know, it's, it's uh that's how it was and um yeah. As weird as it is to say, like I feel like having Garrett, Garrett Green at quarterback instead of a guy like Daggy or JT Daniels, like it, it just feels like it's going to be harder for this team to come out flat just because of the way that the leaders are, leaders of the team are between him, between Kogba. Like these are these are not lead by example guys, right? They are vocal, in your face leaders. Like you hear them every week. They're they're interviewed every week. Um, they have swagger. They're confident. You know, they are chirping at people all game long. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't feel like this team is as prone to those kind of coming out and laying an egg as, as maybe we have been over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think this team's got the it factor. I think the quarterback's got the it factor. And yeah, I think that's enough to spark and, and make me feel like we're not going to come out and, and uh, not be prepared, like mentally ready to ready to go. So I think, you know, you got to play some games on the road. You got to prove yourself. I think this is a as friendly of an environment to play in on the road. Uh, the seven o'clock's not too late. This isn't a ten fifteen BYU kick or anything like that. We're favored or better than this team. We're more talented than this team. Yep. And uh, you know, all, all of those, all of the the stuff that we've been praising and talking about. Like, if you go and lose this game, a lot of that kind of takes a step back. You know, this is yeah. this is a team you got to beat. Um, th- there are other teams on the schedule. You lose to an Oklahoma State. You lose to a, a Baylor or something. It's like. It happens, you know, these teams, they do it year in and year out, but this is a team you got to beat. You, uh, you can't be the first big 12 member to lose to the new team. So that's, uh, nope. that's where I'll leave it. We've climbed too far, Joel. I've, I've acclimated. <laughs> uh, my body has acclimated to the altitude up here. I don't want to go back down yet. You know, I'm trying to get to base camp three. We're at base camp two right now. We've been yeah. chilling here for 10 days. It's time to make the push up. Exactly. So I ain't going back down. Hell no. All right. Um, all right, just really, really quick. Last thing, injuries. I heard Milam's, um, game time decision. Rematch is not playing. I don't think Aubrey Burks. Yeah, that is tough. Cause he's, he's actually played really well this year. Um, Jaquay Hubbard, I'm sure will step in though. He's been, uh, mm-hmm. been doing well. If, if Milam plays, I'm not as worried about it. If we have a whole new left side of the offensive line, that's concerning. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but I mean, uh, dude, he just got poked in the eye. Like. I know. I can't believe. Also, I can't believe they don't wear face shields. Like, if that's such a common occurrence or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, sound like a freak thing, but uh, a couple freak things have happened against TCU for multiple teams this year. Uh, lots of dudes getting hit, and I saw some some clips from this week too. So you know, it stinks. But I saw Aubrey Burks is um, not ruled out, but not ruled in. I think he was like a decision later this week. Feels like Neil's kind of made that seem like it's going to be a mental thing. Yeah, um, I'm all right with like, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No pressure. Um, I would not be. I would be more surprised if he didn't play. I'll just say that. But no sweat, Aubrey. Do what you got to do. Yeah, get right. Sure. So, um, and then yeah, Ben Cutter. Ben Cutter starting baby. Cool with that. I'm great with that. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Cool with that. All right. All right. So 
Um, you can find us on smokingmusket.com. You can find us on Twitter at WVStatsGuy, StatsGuy, at GameDayShorts, at WestbyPod with underscores. Um, you'll have to check out Jordan's preview articles on Smoking Musket each week, get you hype, get you in the know on everything for the upcoming game. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to basketball seasons. So make sure you check out Unreasonable Doubt for all your WVU basketball stuff. Uh, also, join the Smoking Musket Discord if you're not in there already. Uh, those are all my... Those are all my uh, advertisements. You got anything, Jordan? Did you see we were picked 12th in the basketball po- When are these people going to learn? I thought it was 13th, actually. Is it 13th? It's. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. When are these people going to learn? <laughs> yep. It is crazy. It's, uh, well, we, we, we'll just keep that. That'll just be the theme of the 2023 24 season is just like everyone thinks you guys stink. <laughs> everyone everyone wrote it down and they, they turned it in and said, you guys stink. That's that's what they think of you. I hope they all hate themselves after we beat them. Agreed. Keep going. Agreed. All right. Well, thank you as always for listening, and we will catch you next week. All right. Take care, gang. One, two. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. 
Do more with Viator.